Rob. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. Why has it been a while? Work. Work. Work, work, work. Yes. Got in the way. I kind of started a new job. Um, it's only just kind of, yeah. So lots of things have been in flux, but they're settling down. We did eventually get out the last two episodes, uh, but they are quite old. So we're going to bring everyone up to date. Going to bring everyone up to date. We have two films to review, uh, which were the ones we trialled last time, which are which is No Country for Old Men, which was the old one, and Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which was the newbie, which is still out, still worth a watch on streaming. But we'll do a few other reviews of films we've seen. And, yep. and, and, and the quiz. I'm excited oh. about the quiz. <laughs> yeah. So we've had a bit of break and we've decided we like quizzes. So we're going to add quizzes as part yeah. of this podcast going forward if we can. Doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter if you don't like them. We like them. And so mine is on Lionesses. Very apt theme, I think, given... We just happens? won the Euro oh, twenty twenty two. You know, yeah. No, that was a pretty was pretty amazing. That has it was. Say. It was. That's why we're recording today, not yesterday. <laughs> exactly. We both so, wanted to watch it. Can we, we put it back until tomorrow? Because England <laughs> doing the final of the Euros. Yeah, that's fine. I'm watching it as well. Exactly. What have you got there? You got beer? No, I did go looking for something alcoholic, but I've got nothing in. So let's check me out. Orange squash. <laughs> <laughs> wow, top's mine. I've got water. There you go. There you go. Really exciting stuff, eh? Well, uh, go on. T- tell us a bit about the films you've seen because I've I saw a review in the local Eye magazine, Village Eye, Elvis, and also what was the other one? Thor. Oh, the new Thor film. Well, I, I mean, if I think of films that I've seen maybe over the last couple of months, I'm not going to remember all of them, but these are the ones that stand out. So yeah, it's obviously Top Gun. You know. Just one of the biggest, yeah, Yeah. one of the biggest movie events this year, which I loved. I just thought was awesome, amazing, fun. Tom Cruise, creepy Cruise, he is very good at it. I mean, he's amazing at doing this kind of stuff. He uses a charm, doesn't he? Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, he just knows how to. I think I said it in my review. It's like it's like when you eat fast food and you know you shouldn't like it but they've got all the right ingredients to make you almost, you know what I mean? It's that perfect balance of like fat and sugar. He's like the equivalent of that with action films. And he's, he just nailed it. I thought it was amazing. I No, I'm I'm on the fence. It it plodded a little bit. Lots of charm. As I said, I kept looking at Jennifer Connelly because she changed so much since the last film I saw, which she was in Alita and she's changed so much. Her face looks different she just looks different but there were some great scenes and you know special effects and, and cockpit and everything and who doesn't love miles teller as well okay so very quickly out of 10 very quickly top gun maverick seven out of 10 harsh very harsh i'm gonna yeah, go um well, i'd say top gun's probably a little bit better i think they could have modernized it um the music a little bit as well brought, brought it up to, to today not the 80s music come on they just gave everyone what they wanted Really. Yeah, I I would give it. Go on then. I, I'm I'm actually going to give it nine. Crazy, right? So mm. I saw Jurassic World Dominion, which is quite forgettable. I've never, obviously, apart from the first film, I've never been massively into those films. Not nor even the reboot. The first reboot was all right. This was ridiculous. Didn't like it. Yeah, same um, here. Which is disappointing. The new Thor film, Love and Thunder. 
now i mean i maybe my opinion on this is a bit controversial but because i like taika watiti and i thought ragnarok was brilliant well brilliant's going a bit too far but i just loved his stamp on it his humor but i kind of felt with this one it, i almost feel like he's done that and it was almost just too silly and just i don't know for me it was just too silly but if you liked ragnarok and you just want more of it fine but for me, Ragnarok was like, oh, it's a, it's a great standalone entry to the Thor films to show what you can do with it. You know, a bit like what sometimes you see in like a Logan or a Deadpool, where you just see mm-hmm. someone do something slightly different. But I, yeah. I, I, I didn't really want to watch another one. And, and for me, I mean, I'm not saying like you watch these films for deep character development, but there's just, no, just nothing of that. So it was funny in places, definitely not as funny as the first one. So I was a little bit underwhelmed by it. Okay. I've not watched it. Okay, well, listen, it's getting great reviews elsewhere, so I, I think that might just be me. The probably the best film I've seen is Elvis, which mm-hmm. I saw at the cinema, and that was amazing. Like we've reviewed Moulin Rouge. I don't think we've done any other of Baz Luhrmann's film, but it was just it's, it's almost just everything you want from Baz Luhrmann, and the sound. I don't know if it's still possible, but I'd recommend if you can watch this either at the cinema or the great sound system at home, because as Lerman's known for that kind of quick cutting bombastic stuff, you know, everything's at a ferocious pace and it's, there's, there's just nothing like him and nothing like the way he does it. And the way he's applied that to this film, I, I think is, is amazing. And Austin Butler, who plays Elvis, a relative newcomer, thought he was brilliant Visually, it looked amazing. There were parts of the Elvis story in this that I suppose hardcore fans will be aware of, but I'm not a hardcore fan, so there was some stuff in there that was really interesting. Slightly disappointing afterwards, I found that a lot of it was embellished based on a novel and didn't necessarily happen in the way in which it's presented, which was slightly disappointing because that was one of the big draws for me. But in terms of just like visual entertainment, yeah, I loved it. And TV? Um, I think probably since we last spoke, I watched the new Star Wars Ben Kenobi series. Ah, I haven't seen that yet. Okay. Which I've watched I watched Stranger Things as well. Oh, really Stranger good. Things, of course. Yeah, no, I'm behind mm-hmm. on Stranger Things. I'm mm. still on Series 3. All oh, right, okay. I'm watching Breaking Bad again, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Apart from that, no, not much TV. Love Island, come on. Commonwealth Games. And Euro 2022, which leads me on to our quiz. Caroline. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> our is, quiz. Oh, I can't, I've been looking forward to The theme is lionesses. Okay. Ready for it? Got five questions for you. Okay, here we go. I'm good. Yeah. Ready? What year was Bend It Like Beckham released? Oh, my word. Ah. Oh. Oh, crikey. Um, 1999? 2002. Oh! I, I did say these would be hard yeah. questions. Can you name one of the leading ladies in the film? Actresses? Yeah. Kira Knightley. Yeah. And there's Parminda uh, Nagar as well, who was the main lead yeah. in this film. But I think this really launched Kira Knightley's uh, career as well. And Parminda Nagra, I, I, last time I saw her, she was in ER, but I think she's doing you know quite a few TV series as well at the moment. In which 1966 film did Virginia McKenna and Bill Travers, who played Joy and George Adamson, orphan a lion cub called Elsa? 
1966. Oh, what's it called? What's it called? It's that. Oh, no, 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 no. Born Free. Yay! Yes! Free, well done. That's two you got right. That's brilliant. Question four. Are you ready? Yeah. Who played the lioness or Saru's girlfriend in Dev Patel's 1916 10 out of 10 film Lion? Rooney Mara. Very good. Can you remember her name? Oh, my word. Probably not. It's too hard, I think. All I think about when I think about film is that disturbing scene, the little kid on the train, and then then at the end, I was bawling. I don't think I've ever cried so much. Great film. Lucy was her name. And then you mentioned Lion King earlier when we spoke before the broadcast. Lion King has to be part of this. Um, Who is Simba's female mate? Oh, man, I don't think I know that well. I don't know. Sarah. <laughs> no, it's Nala. No, Can you remember, do you know that. any of the, the actresses that played it in the, in the real life version? I don't know. Halle Berry. I don't know. Beyonce in 2019 and then Moira Kelly in 1994. That ends the sweet Caroline. Well, so what did I get? <laughs> you got three out of five, to my understanding. That's all right. That's, that's I, pretty that's, good. That's just good, isn't it? Three out of five is just good. Yep. I'll take good. Very good. Very there, was good. Some, there was some hard ones in there. There was. I did, did tell you they were going to be hard. The year yeah. ended like I gave you a... What I did was gave Rob a little hint that it was going to be on Lionesses, thinking he may tap into my brain, thinking he might go to have a look at certain things that would... Uh, Tapping into your brain is not easy, Sarah, and and I didn't have much time to <laughs> I just to, don't do it, actually. Either. Not a good idea. <laughs> just don't do it. Okay. What should we, what should we uh, review first? Should we go with mine? Yep. No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. This was film by the Coen brothers released in 2007 obviously written as well by the Coen brothers based on the book by Cormac McCarthy starring Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem and Josh Brolin um, it's one of those films which is super simple on the surface but I suppose it's what you take from the themes in it that's kind of most interesting so as I say the the storyline is quite simple. So it's set in nineteen eighties in West Texas. You've got three characters. You've got this Vietnam War veteran and welder, played by Josh Brolin, who stumbles across this drugs bust scene in the middle of the desert. It's clearly gone wrong. Almost everyone's dead. And he finds a briefcase of money, large sum of money. So he thinks, that's great. I'm having that. Meanwhile, we've got Javier Bardem's character, Anton Chigurh, who's this hitman, super, super creepy, psychotic hitman with a crazy haircut, who's basically tasked with recovering the money. And so he's after Luella Moss, the guy who got the briefcase played by Brolin. And then you've got a guy called Ed Bell, who's played by Tommy Lee Jones, who's a local sheriff who's soon to retire. He's kind of in a very reflective mood and he's basically kind of one step behind, but he's also investigating the crime. Um, film also stars Kelly McDonald as um, Moss's wife, Carla Jean, and we've also got Woody Harrison, who plays a minor role as a, as a bounty hunter, who kind of gets involved towards the end of the film. So, yeah, as I say, it's it's quite simple and it's one of those films where there's not a whole heap of dialogue and you get these vast 
beautiful landscapes. And it's one of those films that you watch and you kind of think, okay, I, I enjoyed that, but what was that all about? <laughs> and I think this is totally fine because I do this sometimes. I, I sometimes watch a film and I like it, but I'm curious to know what the director, whatever, the, the writers are trying to say. Mm. And as soon as I kind of read that, I just started exploring that a bit. It did immediately add another layer that made it, yeah, just more interesting. Whether you should have to do that or not, I don't know. It's that type of film. There you go. Okay. I have to say, I think the premise of the film is that Josh Brolin's character, Llewellyn, is completely stupid. (laughs) How he thought he could get away with stealing $2 million and get away with it, I do not know. And at cartel money as well, he's he's stupid. (laughs) And you've got the fact that you've got Javier Bardem's character, Anton, He's brutal, he's handsome in real life, but he's a total nutcase and has this weird bowl haircut and he looks complete psycho chasing after you. I would just hand the money back and just run. Here you go, (laughs) and run. He's shooting everyone in sight. He's just evil. Mind you, Javier Bardem is known for playing quite evil characters, like in Skyfall. I'd love to see him play nicer characters because he is a handsome chap. And possibly he's done that in, I can't remember whether he was a nice character or not in Eat, Pray, Love with Julia Roberts, but I know he was in that. But he just doesn't give up. He's he's on a mission. He's almost like the Terminator. I would class him a new age Western Terminator. And he just doesn't give up. The only time that he doesn't kill someone is when the sympathetic child lends him his shirt so he could do go on the run even further. I mean, to be honest, Javier Bardem plays, plays a role beautifully and that obviously gets him the best supporting actor oscar as well which four oscars uh this film got in 2007 best motion picture the best supporting role which to be honest actually i think his character is probably the lead role i find that a bit odd but maybe tommy lee jones is the lead role but to me i felt anton was the lead role and then um best directing and best writing it got as well i loved seeing Kelly McDonald in this as well. She played her role, always plays her roles very, very well. Known for Harry Potter and train spotting, of course. Playing the loving girlfriend, really trusting what uh, Josh Brolin's character Llewellyn was doing. And and he I mean he's pretty good with the gunslinging as well. He's a pretty mean task himself, to be honest. Uh, but he's really it's it's about getting your comeuppance. I would say in this film, you just don't mess, don't mess with the cartel or anything like that. I mean, I have to say, I, I had watched this film before. I remembered Woody Harrelson was in it, and it was almost like a, a secondary supporting role in this film as well. I knew it was going to be brutal. It's very violent, um, and actually, just a, a mini notch on top of what the film we're going to, re- the other film we're going to review, which we saw as well, which is Everything Everywhere and All at Once. So that's a, we'll review that shortly. But but it's a fifteen. I felt this film should have been a an 18 film, actually, because it was that violent. I struggle with the Coen brothers. I know you're a big fan, Rob, but I quite often struggle with them. I think they're very Marmite kind of films. I potentially are on the the side that mm, struggles with it. But I would say this was um brilliant screenplay and, and directed really well. I think the, my probably favourite Coen brothers screenplay is probably Unbroken, which was directed by Angel- Angelina Jolie. But for this one, it grabbed me. I I don't think it plodded at all. I was quite 
up for watching this one because I couldn't remember what happened. And I was kind of work, trying to work out why I hadn't remembered what happened as well. Why isn't it one of my favourite films if it, if it grabbed me? I think it's because it was so violent. It kind of put me off maybe. But it is close to a Western and I'm really surprised that IMDb classes as a crime drama thriller. It doesn't actually have the tag Western. So I was surprised by that. But yeah, what can I say? Great acting, gripping. I would watch it again, but it'll give me a bit of time, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, like you say, with Coen Brothers, it's a certain type of cinema, isn't it? Uh, and mm-hmm. and it, they do plod, and the characters are sometimes fascinating. I didn't think it did plod. I didn't think it did plod. I thought I I, I got I was gripped actually all the way through. I just wanted it's almost cat and cat and mouse uh, all the way through, pretty much. And uh, it was violent, but it's you know you if you're in that mindset anyway, you know you know what you're expecting really. Did you find that the simplicity of the film? And the ambiguity, or let's just say the ending, it's one of those endings where, you know, there's not neat closure. Did that bother you? Yeah, normally it would bother me, but no, I think I kind of wanted it to end anyway. I think it, it was, you know, two, over two hours long, this film. I think it needed to end at that point. So, but you, did you feel that you wanted a bit more closure? Well, I just think normally with a film where, there's someone on the run and someone after them, you know, there's a slightly more closure than you get. And the very final scene, which is Tommy Lee Jones, you know, almost like a monologue with his wife. You you can almost tell that's come out of a novel and you can tell when you're listening to it, it's a whole like reflection of kind of summing up what the film's about. And for me, I found that really interesting that it was this idea of each of those three characters representing different generations in a society that's kind of crumbling so you've got like mm-hmm. the sheriff who's one step behind he does yeah. he kind of no longer fits in his time has passed and maybe he kind of has some some regrets about that then you've got moses who just can't resist the money the greed of modern man i suppose whatever that's yeah. kind of what it's supposed to be and then you've got this psychotic killer that represents the chaos of society yeah. I almost wished I kind of knew that before I watched it because I didn't really pick that up very clearly when I was watching it. I don't know, it's just one of those films that I almost feel like watching again. It's almost like a, one of those critics-type films. Yes. So you can see yeah. why it's won the Oscars, and you yeah. can see it's the same with a lot of Coen Brothers films. But yeah. like you say, if you're, not, if you're not tuned into it, you're yeah. not interested in that kind of stuff, that, then they're, not, they're just not going to appeal as much. Yeah. No, I, I mean, to be honest, the acting was outstanding. Yeah. Really. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Across the board. So I can't, you can't fault that. Um, I don't think it plodded. I think it was that cat and mouse, the, the, the Terminator. I love that. The, I love them. I love the, the Terminator. He, That's well, good. He, is, yeah. he was a bit like that. I, I think he just wouldn't give up. He was just, as soon as he got knocked down, he was up again. He, even his, his hat arm could have been falling off for a weekend. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it, he still would have carried on. It nearly yeah. was at the end. Yeah. And he and he walks around with this horrific contraption with like compressed oh yes gas cylinder with, with a tube disturbing. coming off which, which yeah. he uses to force his lots complete off. psychopath complete yeah. psychopath uh, so a few little nuggets here of trivia which I thought Go I'd leave you, I'd leave you Excellent. with so apparently in twenty as, a, as an article in twenty eighteen a group of psychiatrists studied four hundred movies and identified 126 psychopathic characters, and they chose Javier Bardem's <gasps> portrayal of Anton Sugar as the most clinically accurate portrayal of a psychopath. Ooh, a so that, that kind eerie. of like 
highlights. That's giving me a bit of a shiver down my <laughs> I know. spine. Ugh. The credited editor for this film is Roderick Janes, which is a pseudonym for Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen, who have co-edited all their movies since 1984. That was a nerdy one. It was the first Oscar-winning film to be edited using Final Cut Pro. Okay, that's very technical. And the final one is Heath Ledger was in talks to play the character of Llewellyn Moss, but he withdrew. And, of course, he went on to take that uh, sociopathic killer role of the Joker, and he got the Oscar for that. uh, It's almost like, yep, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's almost like Javier Bardem. Very similar character to the Joker in some Well, ways. that's what they were, that's what they yeah. were saying. The irony yeah. is, is they both won Best Sporting Actor mm. in those two years, back to back. Yeah, and in actual fact, Empire Magazine voted it the second best film of 2008, narrowly missing out top spot two, The Dark Knight. So there you go. Ah, oh, there you go. Well, that's right. some good uh, fun facts there, eh? So um, what are you going to give it then? I'm going to give it eight out of ten. I'm going to match you and eight out of 10 as well. I wasn't sure whether I'd like it, um, but just before I watched it, but I was keen to watch it and curious, even though I had watched it before, I just couldn't remember it because uh, it was so long ago. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, it was gripping, engaging, great acting and probably one of the better Cohen brother films, I would say as well. Okay. So next up, we've got everything everywhere all at once. It's a 15. And it was our new film to watch at the cinema at the time, but it is now streaming on Virgin Go, but you can find it on most other on-demand platforms, as you can with No Country for Old Men as well. Um, So this film has got great Asian cast. So we've got Michelle Yao from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Last Christmas and Shang-Chi. We've got Ki Hai Kwon, and apologies if I've pronounced that incorrectly uh he's short round from indiana jones and the temple of doom the goonies um and he's been coming back i've noticed in the last few um year or so uh with finding a Hana, which was on netflix and now this film as well it's great to see jamie lee curtis again uh who you must know from halloween series true lies a fish called wonder trading places and then we've also got james hong who's beat was in big trouble in little china has been in Kung Fu Panda, the voiceovers for that. And then we've got Stephanie Zhu as well, which I think we're going to see a lot more of uh, going forward. And as uh, she starts out her career, really. Um, it's directed by Dan Kwan and uh, uh, Daniel Scheinert, who I looked at what they've been developing in the past. And Swiss Army Man was probably the most notable one with Daniel Radcliffe in it. Um, so that was the most notable film I'd seen. But um, I think, you know, they, they're kind of doing um, directing together and they've kind of started out with a couple of films as well. They haven't got a few oodles of films behind them. But if you've not watched this, you are in for a royal roller coaster of a ride. And please expect anything as Evelyn Yang, who plays Evelyn, is the owner of a failing large laundromat or laundry service um, store, failing marriage with her weedy husband, Waymond, who Kwan plays. Uh, has got a disrespectful daughter, Joy, and an ageing father, Gong Gong. And the world sort of around her, I feel like she's having a, a major midlife crisis as she moves into these strange 
parallel realities, multiverses, let's say, where Waymond, her geeky husband, turns into a superhero and Evelyn gains these superpowers in effort to save the world from Jobu, who was previously her daughter and then now some sort of mean, badass daughter <laughs> or separate person. And I, I recall it had bagels in it as well, like a god, bagel god. I have no expect anything, to be honest. As I said, but the Iris operative, Deirdre, was played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, she was part of the failing business that they had, and she turns into a complete monster as well. It's funny. It's completely bonkers. And it's really, as I said, an ultimate superhero midlife crisis, I feel. Empire gave this a, a full whack, five out of five. It's got 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Rob. I'm not going to say any more, but what do you think? You're right. Totally bonkers. Completely bonkers. (laughs) And I watched the trailer for this a while ago before we decided to see it, and I was really intrigued, and I heard Mm. it had all these fantastic reviews. Um, I've heard it referred to as what Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness kind of should have been. Like, in terms of adventurous cinema and not being afraid of mixing all these crazy genres together. It just never ceases to surprise you almost like what's around the corner. (laughs) There are times when you've got the most ridiculous fight scenes with people with prosthetic floppy fingers. (laughs) You've got like someone... Someone like with like a a dog on the end of the lead that's that's almost used as a, a lasso... I mean, I could go on and on and on. The film is just full of these moments where you just go, what? Mm. But that's that's the joy of it. The premise that this woman gains the ability to transport herself into herself in different multiverses where she has different skills and she slowly has to figure this out and then slowly start to realize she can harness the skills of these other versions of her to use when she needs to use them to fight off this evil villain, which happens to be a version of her loving daughter. Mm. And meanwhile, you've got these group of nerds at computers hiding away in some van, like something out of the matrix, like trying to control all these multiverse jumps. it's, It's just, it's just bonkers. I actually watched this in two parts. And the second part, I think it was only about half an hour, I, I watched last night. And just when I thought it couldn't get even more bonkers, <laughs> there was this scene where, and this isn't a spoiler, again, this is just an example, where they, both the mother and the daughter, transport themselves into other ver- another version of themselves in another universe, which happens to be two stones. And the two stones are just talking to each other, but they, but they can't talk. So all you're seeing is little captions come up. And it's, it's not even the production of it is deliberately lo-fi. It's like what Microsoft Word kind of font popping up here. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you suddenly see the stone just shuffle along. It, it's just the most bizarre thing in the world. And for me, even though I knew that's what kind of was coming, I think that actually ended up being a distraction for me. I, I couldn't quite get to grips with it because it was just so mad. 
So yeah. I don't know whether that's kind of my failing and, and it's almost like proof it was doing what it's supposed to do, but it actually had the opposite effect for me. I can totally see why it's being raved about, but yeah, it, it's to say there's no other film like it. So you have to just go with it quite quickly. Otherwise you're just going to spend the entire time confused, frustrated. Yeah. Like then you'll be laughing your head off. Then you'll be like, what? Then you'll be like, this is amazing. It's, it's yeah, it, it, it's like nothing else um, I've ever seen. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I think um, it, it was just something completely different. And I, I, I get what you're saying, actually. That's probably why the critics like it. It has not been done before. Um, but, you know, would I watch it again? I'm not sure, to be honest. <laughs> it was not what I expected. I was expecting something probably more in line with The Matrix, maybe a little bit more serious and not these floppy fingers. That was just, <laughs> they must, to be honest, the, the actors must have had a, a hilarious time. Oh, they must absolutely. Have loved it. And it's, and it's not up. just it's not just floppy fingers. Let's just say that <laughs> there's like you know I don't know what the certificate is for this, but there's some yeah Big there's thing. some proper crazy weird stuff mm-hmm. going on yeah. sometimes. Um, I think it's the right fifteen is the right certificate to give it. To be honest, yeah, it's not as violent as No Country for Old Men, but it's it is super violent at the same time. Bit kung you know is it kung fu martial arts? Let's just say yeah, well yeah involved. exactly. It's lots of that. But if you're into that kind of thing, you're probably going to love it. I honestly think that if you have seen, if you're a big fan of Doctor Strange and all this multiverse Avenger time traveling <laughs> thing, that then watch this because because yeah. I think it, I would just be curious to know for someone who's so invested in like this kind of theme to, to watch this and see. I think people should watch it or consider watching it purely because just as we've said, there is nothing else like it. And there's no no way you can watch this and say it's dull. No way. No way. It it is hugely entertaining, but in the most bonkers, weird way. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I feel that my um, my score is not going to... I think people should really watch it um, because, as I said, Empire giving it 5 out of 5, IMDb 8.2 out of 10, which is very, very high ratings there. But my rating is I'm going to give it five out of ten. I, I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. Yeah, I'm going to give it six. And I'm with you. It, it's it's only because I didn't get it. And I could, yeah, it's almost like you can see they're playing with some quite touching themes. Like you say, midlife crisis it's an attempt to try and like mend a broken family you could argue and so there's elements of it and there are some scenes which are actually quite touching but in a chaotic mess of madness that that yeah just took me out (laughs) of the story so that's the reason it's a six yeah need we say more anyway so uh yeah it was uh watch it i love our listeners to have their thoughts anyway uh right so this time you are choosing from my selection and the genre is guilty pleasure <laughs> it's guilty pleasure <laughs> right oh really do you really want 
<laughs> some of my guilty pleasure films. Not in a not on a rude scale, but it's just like... <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, like they're going to be cheesy ones in here. At least you don't have to concentrate much when you're watching them. Okay, so I have forty-four. Forty-four. Yes, I've got lots of guilty pleasures. <laughs> wow, I'm wow. going to go with number twenty-four. Number 24 is the one I've really wanted to watch again, Parenthood. Oh, well, I'm quite pleased about that. With Steve Martin, Diane Weist, that great Diane Weist, um, Rick Moranis, Martha Plimpton, Keanu Reeves, Leaf Phoenix, or Joaquin Phoenix, 1989. Wow, how about that? Three Buckman siblings attempt to raise their children, each in their own different style, and deal with the joys and sorrows that the process brings. Ha, huh. so well, I like yeah, I like I like Steve Martin. Yeah. And every and most of the other actors in it. So I've only and I and I think I've only ever seen this once. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long time. Let's find out where it, we can watch it on. It won two Oscars. Because it's great. That's why. Do you know Probably. who won the Oscar for Best Actress in a Supporting Role? Your favourite actress? Diane Weiss, probably. Of, of course, of course. There's a lot of warmth in this film. Uh, I think that some of my older films, they have got that, like Harry and Sally. There's a lot of warmth going on. It is uh, to rent or buy, I'm afraid, but it's on Amazon, Rakuten, Apple TV, Sky Store, Virgin, etc. So pretty much available everywhere, but you may need to rent it. Good stuff. That's the oldie. And the newbie, which is coming out at cinemas nationwide on the 12th of August, is Nope, directed by Jordan Peele, who I love. He is the man responsible for the kind of horror, comedy, thriller, creepy films, Get Out and Us. So this is like the third film he's really brought out. And I think he's kind of a proper cinematic author. He's got a real style about him. This is starring Daniel Kluwer, of course, was in Get Out and uh, was also in the film Judas and the Black Messiah. I think he was Oscar nominated, wasn't he, that we reviewed? Yeah, he won it. Um, of yeah. course he won it, yeah. So, yeah, huge, huge star now. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. As I say, nationwide release, 12th of August... And if you haven't seen any Jordan Peele film before, then you're in for a treat. But I would recommend going to watch Get Out and Us if you can as well. Fantastic. So a very contrasting movies there. One's a comedy <laughs> and one's going to be scary, scary probably. Uh, hopefully not too scary. I'm not great with too scary. Uh, I know, um, you're not good with that. You're not good with No, mind violence. you, I have watched Scream, but that's just a bit of cheese, isn't it really? Cheesy, scary. Yeah, but nothing can be quite as creepy and scary as... Have a Bardem in No Country for All. No, that's true. That is true. Yes, I agree. Good. Well, I'm going to go off and cook uh, three types of sausages now with, uh, with a bit of mash. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'm laughing, but that's probably true. It is. It's oh, true. actually, it is true. Yeah. Oh, I my God. Well, I, thought, I thought you were joking. Normal sausage, hot dog, and a veggie sausage. I like it. Is this how we're going to end every podcast and what we're about to go and eat? I'm actually, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing steak and chips. Nice. 
Yeah, there might be some peas. I'm a vegetarian though, but <laughs> I know from eat eaters it's nice. <laughs> it is nice. I like it. Nice. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Very nice. Brilliant. <laughs> Great. Thanks very much, Rob. All See right. You in a couple of weeks. Okay. Bye. Bye.